Hi, my name is David on Hutstaff here at False Creek. You're listening to week two of the False Creek podcast. The speaker for week two was Zane Black, and we had 5,016 students in attendance. Enjoy. So, you guys are so awesome. It has been such a joy to be with you guys and get to hang out. And um, this message is probably the one that I've been the most excited about. Like, as I spent my time preparing, I, I couldn't wait for this part of our week. And so I, I'm super excited about this. And, and I'm going to ask you in the beginning a couple questions, okay? And, and in preparation, I just want to let you know that it might get a little, it might create some tension. And it might even create, and, and, and I'm, I'm doing it knowingly, <clears throat> a little bit of like risk in this and maybe even a little bit of confusion. But I'm going to ask that you trust me. You guys feel like you can trust me at this point? Okay. <laughs> Someone in the crowd was like, meh, I'm not sure about that one. <laughs> the verdict is still out. Okay. Um, but I promise, where, where are we going to go? Um, man, I, I feel that this... This message, this truth has the opportunity to forever change the way we live out our Christian life. And, 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 and here's the other part is for, for some of you guys, this is going to be like totally basic. You're like, oh, bro, Zane, we got that, right? And so um, if you're that one, I hope it will be encouragement to you and, and you'll go home with that like, yes, uh, it was a great reminder. Um, but for me, this was something that really um, changed the way that I looked at the entire Christian life, okay? And, and just for reminders, we've been talking about Ephesians 6.19. So you can open up your Bibles to Ephesians 6.19. And we cheer because we're excited because we know that as we open up God's Word, He has that opportunity to speak to us through the words on these pages. And so um, Ephesians 6. 19, our verse for the week, Paul's writing again and he says, pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. And we have been going through the mystery of the gospel. And, and, and this morning, I it was a great session talking about, man, the mystery has been revealed. And I want to talk about a specific way that that mystery has been revealed and even dive a little deeper into the mystery. And, 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 and to do that, I'm going to ask a couple of questions. Um, and, and first question is, I'm going to ask that you would, if it's a yes, you raise your hand. And if your answer is no, you keep your hand down. Does that make sense? Yes. No. All right, awesome. <clears throat> is Jesus God? Yes. Awesome. So you have your hands up. Good. If you did not put your hand up, God just took away your birthday. No, just joking. <laughs> um, yes, Jesus is God, right? Okay, Jesus is God. We, we see that Jesus, he, he accepts worship. He calls him and the Father one. We see that, that Jesus forgave sins, something that only God can do. In John 5, 18, it says this, 
For, for this reason, the Jews tried all, all the harder to kill him because not only was Jesus breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. The reason why the Jews killed Jesus was because he claimed to be God. It wasn't that he was just some nice guy going around doing nice things. They didn't crucify him for that. You know, it would be like crucifying one of the veggie tails. You know what I mean? They, they crucified Jesus because he claimed to be God and the only way to God. Okay? So, um, next question. Can God die? No. Great, great. Man, dude, you guys are so much smarter than me, which actually doesn't say a lot. But, um... <laughs> No, right, right, right. And there's a song about it, right? Our God's not dead. Yeah, okay, I won't sing. That would be bad for all of us. Um, okay, next question. You ready? Did Jesus die? Yes, yeah, right? Like if you're a Christian, you're whole life kind of depends on this. Um, he was crucified on the cross after being brutally beaten. Roman soldiers made sure he was dead. Look what um, 1 Corinthians says, 15, 3 and 4. says, for I delivered to you of first importance that, that what I also see, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day. So you said Jesus is God and that God cannot die but Jesus died. Tension. Mystery, if you will. Okay, I want to ask a, another question. Can God be tempted? Maybe a little bit harder. No. No, he cannot. That was a, that was a tough one. And I'm getting kind of like, okay, Zane, you're getting a little tricky with this. I'll read the verse. James 1.13. So if you take a note, so you can look at it later. God cannot be tempted by evil. Okay. Was Jesus tempted? Yeah, right? Jesus was tempted. Uh, Hebrews 4.15, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but get this, but we have one who is in every way tempted as we are yet was without sin. But you said that God can't be tempted, right? But Jesus was tempted. But Jesus is God. And God can't die. But Jesus died. And for some of you right now, you're going, okay, this is getting a little heavier, or it's getting a little confusing, or there's, there's tension here. What I would like to share with you tonight, next to, for me, next to Becoming a Christian, this has been the most important truth that I've learned in my entire life. And it's next to becoming a Christian, it's learning how to live as the Christian you've become. And what, and the, and, and what has been so key to me understanding this is knowing that Jesus was and is God. And he became man. A hundred percent God, and yet a hundred percent man. And, and there's big theological terms that we have to explain this. But what I want to do is dive into this, and there's going to be some tension, but this 
has changed the way that I've lived my Christian life. Acts 2.22. Did Jesus do miracles on his own? Yes or no? A little bit of a trick question. I said on his own. Some of you got that. I like it. Uh, Acts 2.22. Jesus, the Nazarene, a man attested to you by God with miracles and wonders and signs. So miracles and wonders and signs were done. Which God performed through him. Now check this out. Check this out. This is it. This is it. Like you're waiting. You're like, okay, Zane, where are you going with this? While Jesus was on earth, he lived as man. It's not that he ceased to be God, but he never lived out of his godness. That it, his 33-ish years here on earth, he lived as man was created to live. Not to be an example that is totally unattainable to us, but to be the true human which we were all created to live as. And this, this is the truth that I want to talk about tonight. And if we understand this, it will totally radically change the way you go back home and live your life. And some of you, I already see you nodding. You're like, yes, Zane, this is it. This is what changed your life as well. And this is what Paul says is the mystery. Colossians 1, 26 and 27. Here's what Paul says. 1, 26 and 27. Paul says, the mystery that's been hidden for ages and generations but is now revealed to the saints is this. He's like, this is the mystery since the history of the world. And that mystery is this. To them, God chose to make known great among the Gentiles what are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. That, now here it is, that, that whole man, that in the same way, Jesus lived completely dependent upon his father that his father might do the works through him that we are able to live in such a way because now Christ lives in us through the power of his spirit that we are able to live as Jesus lived. Now, I, you're like, okay, what does that mean? This is my favorite illustration that I've ever had and I hope it helps you as it has helped me. So this is a glove. Can you guys see the glove? Yeah, it's no-ish, yeah, boop, 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 it's my mountain biking glove. Okay, in and of itself, this glove is not very purposeful. I mean, it's just a glove. I mean, it could maybe like, you know, hit me and like, it doesn't really hurt, you know. I could maybe like set it out and it could be a, a coffee cup co uh, coaster or something like that, you know. But it's, 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 it just, in and of itself, it can't do much. You ready for this? But... When a hand comes in the glove, now the glove can do whatever the hand can do through the glove. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? Galatians 2.20 says this, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives, but what? Christ lives in 
me. The life I now live, he says, I live by faith in the one who, in the Son of God, the one who loved me and gave himself for me. That you, as a Christian, like a glove, were made to be filled. And filled by what? Not by the things of this world, but by the God of this world, that he would come to live in you through the power of his spirit. That now you, as the glove, are able to do what the hand does through you. And that as you go from here, you don't have to rely upon your own inabilities, but according to all his sufficiencies. That, 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 think about this, that all that God has demanded of you, he also is able to do through you. That the Christian life is really not about your life, but it's about his life in and through you. I love, I love the way that um, Paul says in, uh, in Romans uh, oh man, where'd it go? Romans 5. Romans 5, 9, and 10. He says this. Since now we have been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? Get this. For if when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. So you've been brought to God through the death of his son. Listen to what he says. How much more, having been reconciled, shall you be saved through his life? You see, the death of Jesus is so important. The blood shed on the cross, that's what pays the penalty for our sin. It unites us back to him. But it is the resurrection of Jesus that God did not stay dead. That three days later he rose from the grave. This is the greatest, this is the greatest mystery ever. That, that like he would come and give you his life. That God didn't just come to get you out of hell and into heaven, but he came out of heaven to get into you. And, and so what does that mean for you practically? Every obstacle you face becomes an opportunity. Because every difficulty that you face, you know that he has the dynamic to make it, to, 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 to help you overcome. And so we don't have to face hardships without hope. Because we know that we are not alone and God has given us everything we need to face those things that come before us. And so what do I mean? Practically, like for me, I remember when I first had an opportunity to speak. Now, just a little bit about my background, right? Like I've been kicked out of my house. I mean, my, I was... Man, you heard my whole story pretty much. Well, I, I was working at that Bible school, and I would share like little devotions in front of the, a group of like 20 students. Well, then I got asked to speak at this conference called Dare to Share. And, and we've been talking a little bit about Dare to Share, and some of you guys have heard of it. Well, at that time, they would like fill the, pe well not fill, but they would have their things at the Pepsi Center in Denver. Like 9,000 people. So I was going from like speaking at a little group of 20, and they were like saying, we wanted to come on tour with us, and P.S., the first stop is at the Pepsi Center. I was 
freaking out. I wrote a prayer letter, right, to like all my friends and family back home. I was like, you know, pray that I preach the word and pray that God does this work. And my last prayer request point, pray that I don't poop my pants on stage. <laughs> literally put that in my prayer letter, you know, send it off. <laughs> and, and, and it was just so, I mean, literally, like no lie, I wore Depends diapers my first time out on stage. And it just reminded me to depend upon the Lord, right? <laughs> I was freaking out, right? I was like, what am I going to do? And it was so funny because there was this dude who was uh, traveling with us at the time. He was the, one, of the, one of the other speakers. And he was a former NFL football player. So the dude was huge, right? And we were roommates. And so we became pretty good friends. And, and we'd be backstage, you know, getting ready to go on stage. And I would be freaking out. I'm like rocking over in the corner. I'm like, I want my mommy. And he'd be back there and he'd be doing push-ups. You know, he's getting his biceps all. He's like, I'm like, bro, how you feeling, man? He'd look at me every time. He'd be like, it doesn't matter how I feel. I'm like, what? And then he would quote this passage. He'd say, God has prepared me, Ephesians 2.10, for good works that I might walk in them. And he continued to speak to me about the reality of like, God's already set the stuff out for me and he's given me the ability to accomplish what he has set before me. And so I just got to walk in it. And so he'd be like, but it wouldn't fail. Every time, like the next time I'm like, back there, I'm like rocking in the corner. I'm like, how are you doing? He's like, doesn't matter. I'm like, it doesn't matter how I feel. It doesn't matter how I feel. You're like, I'm just freaking freaking out, man. I'm so scared. (laughs) And and what was cool is to see that God has used that. And, And I share that to just to say, if you've heard anything like good this weekend, it wasn't me. I truly believe it was the God who lives in me. I mean, just, just think about it for a second. Yeah. I mean, and just think about it for a second. Hear my story. I'm an ex-drug dealer who used to drive semi-truck for Budweiser. Not your typical, like, camp speaker, you know, material, right? You, like, go home, you're like, ah, oh, how's camp? You're like, we had this speaker. You know, like, what was it? You know, you barely graduated high school. We drove semi-trucks for a living and sold drugs on the side. They're like, your parents are like, what? You know, they're like, I don't know, they're on budget cuts this year, I guess. That's false Creek. <laughs> you know, support them. I don't know, send them a. <laughs> but it's, here's the deal. It hasn't been me. Do you know my worst grade in college? public speaking (laughs) but you know what it shows me that God is alive you know what's crazy is one of the ways that my dad actually became a believer I would share with him and you know he's my life was changed and he was like oh cool he actually came to a dare to share conference it wasn't anything I said but it was the fact that I stood on stage and this will for some of you will be like wait what growing up I used to be the most shy, reserved kid that you could ever imagine. So what convinced my dad that there was a God was when I stood out on stage and proclaimed the things of God. He thought, there must be a God because my son's pretty awkward, but that was awesome. <laughs> and, and, and that's the reality. And so if you've had these times, and, and I, man, it's been so rad for me to hear that, you know, you guys have come up and said, thank you for speaking. And, and that's really special to me that, that like, you, you would say, man, thank you for being here. And, and you know, and you've shared, like, hey, when you said this, that, that really encouraged me. Do you know what I do with those things? I, it's, this is kind of weird, but I almost, pre- I, I like pretend that they're little notes and that you give them to me. 
and I take them and I say thank you for them and I put them in my pocket and then every night I go back to our room and I like lay them out, you know, make believe. This is make believe time with Zane. <laughs> and I take all those thank you notes and I lay them before my, on my bed before my father and I say, hey God, I received a lot of really cool encouragements and thank yous today, but they're really yours. Thanks for letting me collect them. Because I know where they came from. Because it's not me. It is truly the one who lives in me. I mean, think about it in like basketball terms. I mean, you have any basketball fans here? All right. Rest in peace, Seattle Seahawks. Seattle Supersonics, I mean. Um, sorry. Uh, I'm from Seattle, right? So, uh, you know, imagine this. So I'm not very good at playing basketball. Those who I went down and played basketball with, right? My, all my dudes I played some hoops with this week. Yeah, you know I'm not very good at basketball, right? I play hockey so I can foul like nobody's business, but shoot, nope, not a chance. <laughs> but imagine this. Imagine I get to come back to False Creek again. You're like, who's going to pick Zane to be on his team? Nope, I get picked last, right, every time. But imagine, yeah, thank you, that one person was like, yes, I get picked last too. <laughs> So I can pick last. But imagine this. What if I could get LeBron James to come live inside of me? I show up at Falls Creek, you're like, oh, speaker guy's going to want to play basketball with us, you know. And you do the nice thing because you're like, we're trying to be Christian, so yeah, we'll pick him. Very last still, but at least we'll pick him, you know. So I'm on the team, right. And I'm like, hey guys, pass me the ball, pass me the ball. And you're like, but I all of a sudden I get the ball, and you're like, oh, here goes Zane. And all of a sudden I'm like, boom! You're like, what just happened? What got into you? And I'm like, LeBron James, dude, he lives inside of me. You're like, what? I'm like, pass me the ball. You're like, okay. I'm like, boom! Again, you're like, what just happened? I'm like, I tell you, LeBron James lives inside of me. You're like, is that you, Peter? <laughs> you know? And, and you're like, how did that? I'm like, I, he's, he's in here. Well, check this out. The God of this universe has come to live inside of you through the power of his spirit. All of who he is, you have. Like, like think about that. Think about that for a second. You don't need any more of God because all of who he is, you have. And so when you go home and you step onto your campus or you walk through the streets of, of your neighborhood or you're involved in your teams, you don't go as just a fifth grader, a sixth grader, seventh grader, ninth grader, tenth grader. You don't go just as a teenager. You go as one who is indwelt by the God of the universe, sent by the God of the universe on the mission of the God of the universe who has all of the God of the universe available through the power of his spirit in you. So this is why Paul says, Colossians 1.27, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope 
glory. You know, that he comes to live inside of you. And now whatever the hand can do, the glove can do. But it's not really the glove, it's the hand through the glove. And so you are indwelt. Some of you are like, okay, I should have got a new glove. I know, right? <laughs> this is my mountain biking glove. I fall a lot, okay? And you know what? I actually had this at a, another camp and I had done the same thing and some kid was like, get a new glove! <laughs> I was like, support our ministry. No. <laughs> but as I was there and I was like, yeah, I, was, I kind of felt a little bit ashamed of the holes in the glove. And it was in that moment that it hit me. Every place that there is a hole in the glove, you see the hand. I'm preaching right now, somebody. Come on. Let's go. And so we're, we have insufficiencies. You see his sufficiency. And, and here's what's wild, is those of you who are the closest, you can see it the clearest. And if it weren't for the cameras, those of you in the back would have the hardest times to see the hand through the glove. And, he, and here's the reality. If you're willing to allow people close into your life and you allow them to see even the brokenness of your own life, they'll begin to see the, 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 the sufficiency, the provision, the grace, the love, the mercy of his life. I, and I think if, if you guys, if you have your Bibles, you, you could turn to, if you're still there, you could turn to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. And, and, and this part, man, it, it really got me. And, and, and I know I've had a lot of people say, hey, thanks for sharing your, your story. And, and what was cool is it sounded like it, it triggered a chain reaction in others to share their stories. And, 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 and in your guys' small groups and in your, your church church groups, you, you got to be open and vulnerable with one another. And I think what happened is you saw the grace of God work through even our pains because he has purpose, right? Our failures aren't final, that the mess becomes part of our message, that he works through those things. And, and check out what Paul says here in 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 5, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 1 through 5, Paul says this. When I came to you, brothers, I did not come with eloquence or superior wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except for Jesus Christ and him crucified. My message and my preaching were not with a wise demonstration of, of, of my own wisdom, he says, or persuasive words, but a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on man's wisdom but on God's power.
and I, I still know that there's some of you who are dealing with some hurts. And, and, and I, I mentioned it last night, there was some students who have come up and shared some really difficult things that have happened. Some of you have been abused. Some of you have wounds from your past that others have done against you. Some of you have wounds and they're like soul fractures, they're scars. And, and, and it's wounds that you've created in your own life. And, and, and some of them are, are some, some of the things are like things that you're dealing with. Maybe it's a, a darkness or a depression or an anxiety. And, and, and you felt like, man, I've asked God to take this away and he hasn't. And it's even created questioning in you. Like, man, well, is God even good? Because he says he's all powerful, but I'm still wrestling with this anxiety and this depression and it's crippling and I don't know what to do with it and it's causing you to lose faith. I want to read this last passage to you in 2 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10. Paul says that he received a, a thorn in his flesh, which is actually kind of interesting because uh, the, the translation is probably more like a, a tent stake, which he was, a, he was a, a tent builder, right? Well, 2 Corinthians 12, Paul says, three times I, I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient, to you. My, my, is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. And then Paul says, therefore, I will all the more gladly Boast about my weakness. I will expose the holes. And he says, so that Christ's power may rest on me. This is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, and in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And so, what if those things of the past, God wants to bring purpose and power in the present? And, 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 and there are certain spots where, where, where we can expose those things. And we've got to be careful. You can't just go share all the hurt and the pain in every situation because sometimes it's too much for others to handle. And they're not in a place where they can receive some, hearing some of the pain that you've been through. But in certain places, and particularly when those are up close... That you can share those even wounds and those difficulties and those weaknesses so that others might not see your strength but his strength through you. For all of who God is, you have. And that you need nothing more than all of who he is and all of who he is he has given to you. And so as you go from this week, that you can go and that you can know. The God of this universe lives in you. You need not to ask for more of him. You can just live out of that reality. And so with that, this is kind of a message more for the Christian. <laughs> but I want to give one last opportunity. Because I know some of you maybe have not placed your faith and trust in Jesus. You have not received the gift of life that comes to live in you. And you're still going through life 
on your own strength. And while there you are, you're missing the fullness of what you were meant to have. And, and so really tonight's invitation, if you do not know Jesus, is don't miss the fuel that you were made to function by. That if you have all of God's heavenly resources available to you, why would you not live in them? And like the other night, Christians, you as well, like the Subaru, have you parked what you already possess? And maybe it's time to take the keys and enjoy the gift that God has given you and the fullness of who he is. That depression no longer has to have victory over you. That addiction to lust no longer has the victory over you. That's why Jesus says through his word, there's no temptation greater than what you can bear. Not according to your strength, but according to his. And so maybe when temptation knocks on the door, rather than answering and trying to battle it out, let Jesus get the door. And let him fight your battles. And, and I know there's going to be some of us like, man, we need to go back to our rooms and maybe talk through this a little bit. And what does that look like? For me, it's by simply saying, I can't, but he can. I can't, but he can. I'm sitting back there coming out before I'm about to preach. I'm so nervous. I'm like, I look at my buddy Gavin back there. I'm like, I'm freaking out, man. I'm like, I'm just praying. I can't, but he can. I can't, but he can. And for those who don't know Jesus, don't miss the opportunity tonight. I'm going to pray. And at the end of my prayer... If you say, man, I need that fullness of Jesus in me. And when I say amen and everybody stands up, I want you to come for it. Maybe you're going to run. Just don't knock someone over. <laughs> Be like, I'm coming. Because I don't want anything to get in the way for what I was made for. A glove was made to be filled by a hand. You were made to be filled by the God of this universe. God made you to know him. Our sins have separated us from him. Those sins, we can't, we can't get back to God on our own. We can't right our own wrongs. That's why Jesus came, to live a perfect life, to die the perfect death, and then to be raised from the grave. That everyone who simply trusts in him and him alone has eternal life. And that life is not just in heaven, but it starts now, as the fullness of God comes to live in you. And you should never settle for anything less than all of who he is. And some of you need to invite him in to your life tonight. And as I pray, 
you know who you are. When I say amen, everybody's going to stand up. And if that's you, you say, I need God in my life. I want you to come forward. Father God, we thank you so much for the reality of who you are. Man, it has been so awesome to be here this week. And we are thankful for what you have done. We know that you're not finished yet. You're still working here tonight. We know that you will continue to go with us and continue this great work. For you don't just stay at camp, but you go with us, in us. And for those who don't know you, that they would invite you into their life tonight. And maybe that's happening within their heart. They're believing that reality that they would come forward to make it public. They would walk through what that really looks like to enjoy the greatest adventure in all of life to be filled by the God of life. (laughs) Father, we thank you so much for this reality. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening.